Hey everyone, this is Bethy Ann Langrill. I'm the CEO at For All Seasons, the Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center for the Midshore. And I'm a mom of two amazing little boys. Hey there, this is Lisa Lee, and I am the Chief Clinical Officer here at For All Seasons. And I am also the mother of two incredible boys. And today we're here to kick off our podcast, Bring on the Mess. And the goal of this podcast is really to help individuals and families navigate the challenges that life brings us. You know, I remember when we were first talking about names for the podcast and we searched everything in the world and we tried to come up with all these really cool names and really it just came down to like life is messy and it's not perfect and we're not always going to get it right as moms or as colleagues or as a boss and I just think there's so there's such value in us just being able to say it, it, sometimes it's a mess. And you know what? I feel so lucky to be here with my best bud talking about yeah. <laughs> the messiness of life because I think that also sometimes people see Bathian and I as having our lives together and being so zen-like and we just want you all to know that that's not true. Um, (laughs) Now, granted, we have developed some skills over the years to be able to manage situations, and our hope is really to bring some of that information to you just as two people talk and have conversations. We, We see in the work that we do, and I think in our daily lives, and not just Lisa and I, but our friends in general or colleagues that we work with, where there seems to be this tenor that everything has to be perfect. We always have to have that good presentation, like never let them see you sweat. And there is certainly a time and a place for that. But, you know, Lisa and I were really fortunate to be able to be trained by Brene Brown, who is just a fantastic, fantastic resource for the world and especially within our country and has just this amazing following. And it's, you know, she's a researcher in shame. And, um, you know, she always says, like, why would why would anyone think that's a great topic? (laughs) But (laughs) the reality is there's so much that we do because it's what we think we need to do versus putting our needs and where we need to be first. And I think there's real value in being able to say, you know what, sometimes sometimes the day doesn't go like I think it's going to or sometimes I don't show up as my best person or you know, I might be able to keep that straight face and keep that front up for the people in the community or our folks that are reporting to us or the clients that we serve, but there might be times when the door closes and that's not the same feeling that you have at the end of that conversation. Today, we want to talk to you in in the future about really the things that we've learned and try to be as transparent as possible um, with you know, again, the things that we've learned through life and um, try to help you to understand that it is okay not to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the topics that we thought would be helpful, especially with this, you know, transition into school, um, transition back to work sometimes, is just the topic of transitions. And so we thought that we would talk a little bit about what are transitions and because it could be a variety of things. Um, and so as we were thinking about uh, this podcast, we talked about, you know, transitions aren't just, you know, going back to school or back to work, but transitions can be anything from, you know, 
divorce to marriage to having a child or a baby um, and, you know, adoption or fostering. It could be relocation or retirement. Any of these things can be considered transitions. And what Bethann and I have learned is that sometimes transitions um, can be synonymous for change. And we know that sometimes change can be hard for people. Especially if people have a plan, you know, and as we talk about transitions and the change, I mean, how many times do you go into something thinking, okay, so school started a month ago and this is what, you know, we're going to get up at this time and the kids are going to be ready by this time and I'm going to be able to drop them off. And I remember the first day of drop off was... It, it was a day that was like disaster from go. The, you know, the kids weren't ready to go on time. The drop-off took a really long time because everybody was dropping their kids off. And the schedule was just a mess from the beginning till the end of the day. And it was really important for me as a mom to keep myself nimble and flexible. But that's really hard when you already have a pre-plan going into the way it should work. And I think that that's one of the things that can catch us is if we have a plan and we have to be nimble, some of us have developed that skill really well and can use it across the board. And some of us have that skill, but some areas that it might just be lagging um, or we can't use it as well. And some of us didn't grow up knowing what to do or how to be flexible in certain situations. And so what happens is, I don't know for any of you, but I've certainly shared with Bethann, <laughs> the times when it's not working for me, I don't even know who I am. Because um, normally I am a pretty regulated together mm-hmm. woman, um, but there are moments that, especially when COVID first happened, holy cow, I was like, how am I going to juggle all this? Because it was you know, any, not anything that I expected. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't get myself in the pattern of life again. And I think some of that, you know, Bethany started off with, um, Brene Brown and shame. I think there was so much shame attached to, I can't do it all. And I should do it all. Um, because that's what I do as a woman and as a mother. Um, and so I really had to find my tribe and be able to talk to my tribe about what was happening for me in those moments to get myself back regulated. So one of the skills that I've used and learned through the years to help me when the transition isn't working or my plan isn't working is really to reach out to people that I know I can trust and that I value to help me through those hard times. Lisa, I just, I love that so much because I think sometimes we forget that it's okay to reach out and be able to let our guard down and be able to say, I'm struggling because there is, I don't know where it comes from, but there is this, like you have to have it all together all the time. Never, you know, there can't be a bad moment and I must be the only person who's going through this difficult transition. And I'm the, you know, every other mom has it all together all the time. But I think we've created this, we've created an environment, whether it's moms, whether it's someone who's not a parent, whether it's, again, colleagues or friends, that, oh, well, that, 
you know, look at Facebook or, you know, social media and how that plays into all of this. Everybody has their perfect life out on Facebook, but we all know that life is not perfect. And so just being able to give the reminder that it's okay to pick up the phone and say, today sucks. Like, this is a horrible day. I'm not doing okay. And I don't always, you know, pick up the phone and expect that someone's going to be able to solve it. But sometimes just to be able to hear, oh, yeah, my day sucked too for different reasons. But it's okay that it sucked. And what do you need? And, you know, sort of just checking in on people, I think, is a really great reminder. It reminds me, and I'm not sure if Brene would use it in this way, um, but I totally love her quote, which is embrace the suck. Um, (laughs) And... Actually, one of my colleagues here, who I absolutely adore, um, her husband's in the military, and um, they bought me a shirt that says Embrace the Suck, which I wear proudly. <laughs> and it really just means that sometimes, like Bethany said, like you said, you know, things do suck, and we have to be able to acknowledge that, mm-hmm. which is another skill. So it's not just reaching out, but it's knowing that in that moment, it really does suck and that I've been hooked by something. I may not know what it is, but I've been hooked by something and I'm not the person that I'm not, I'm meant to be in that moment. And so what do I need to do? Right. Do you ever have the moments where you think like, I had a conversation with a neighbor yesterday and the neighbor wasn't feeling well and, and she sort of explained it away in, well, I don't feel good, but did you know that so-and-so down the street is was just diagnosed with cancer? So I just need to buck up because my situation is not nearly as bad as the situation for the neighbor down the street. And it was sort of that moment of, we forget that it's okay to just say, this sucks and it is what it is. And right. so part of embracing the suck is also not having to explain away why someone else's situation is worse because then it sort of minimizes what's happening for us in that moment. That when we think about transitions, right, some transitions are great and amazing and we want to just dive right into it, you know, going full force. And some transitions really suck. Mm -hmm. And if we compare our situation with somebody else, that's where we could really, I think, do ourselves a disservice. Yeah, because not every situation is going to be the same. And what you experience and what I experience, we could come at the table with the same set of skills, but it might hit me differently than it hit you because there might be something else that I'm dealing with that you're not dealing with. Or it might be something of how someone responds that hits you differently of like, oh gosh, how did I miss that? Or, oh yeah, I totally could have done this or I could have done that. And so remembering that, no two people are experiencing transition. And, you know, through COVID, I've been doing a lot of um, radio shows and a lot of interviews. And one of the things that I've said is that there's sort of this phrase over the last year and a half of we're all in this together. And that may be true. We're all in a pandemic together, but we are all not going through this together in the same way. Because how it's affected me or how it's affected you could be very different from some of the listeners that might not have kids or may have been able to find a different space and working from home. I mean, I (laughs) remember when I first started working from home, it took me like four weeks to figure out which room to be in that was like the most comfortable room or how to, how to get the kids schoolwork done. And, and it was sort of that permission that I had to give myself to just keep getting it wrong, but trying again. And, and knowing that 
there were probably other people that experienced that, but there might be other people who didn't go through that transition. And so sort of the permission to know that we're all not going through it together in the same way, but we are all experiencing something similar. I love so much how you talk about permission um, because I think that's a really valuable tool that we can use, which is give yourself permission to not get it right Mm -hmm. and speak. I'm sure you guys have heard this before. I'm sure. And if not, listen close because here it is is speak to yourself like you would speak to your best friend. Somebody that you love, somebody that you care about. It could be a best friend, it could be a parent, it could be a child, it could be anyone. But how you talk to yourself absolutely matters in all these situations. You know, (laughs) as I'm sitting and listening to you say that, I think about the conversations that you and I have a lot. And so <laughs> throughout the podcast, there will be many times where I'm sure that you will hear the whole pot kettle scenario because there are so many times where Lisa and I will be having a conversation and one of us will respond, well, hey, pot, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm kettle. <laughs> because I think you have to also, you know, you talked about finding your tribe and, and what it means to reach out to your people. But sometimes you need that tribe to remind you that you're not speaking to yourself like you would or you're not speaking you know how you would speak to yourself and so it's also sometimes about having the accountability partners in the process of this whole game that we call life because there's self-care that comes into this there's the permission to be kind and then there's also sometimes that reflection your mirror doesn't always talk back to you Mm -hmm. but your tribe does and so how does that how does that translate in your transition time of hey but are you listening to yourself? Hey, are you hearing what you're saying? And if this was me in that situation, what would you be telling me is always sometimes a really good phrase to say to people of, because I think you'd be saying something different if you were helping me. <laughs> As Bethann said that, I had a smile come across my face because it's so true. Like, I know what she would tell me. Like, I just know because she's, you know, internalized in my heart. And if I could pause enough and take time to just really reflect and sit back in my chair and know what she would say, you know, my conversations definitely could change. And sometimes, you know, I actually need her, like, on the phone or in person, but a lot of times I can pull from our many years of friendship. And so, again, in transitions, it's you have to know when you've been hooked by whatever it is. It's a feeling, a you know, a body response, uh, you know, a pattern of whatever you get into. And then, you know, you might reach out to somebody. Mm-hmm. You may not need to reach out. Maybe you have it internalized in your head, but, you know, there's always somebody there, hopefully, that you can use and rely on mm-hmm. to be able to talk through the transition or the difficult, you know, the difficult thing that you're going through. And permission to mess it up. I mean, that's the whole title, right? exactly. (laughs) It's just to mess it up. Because, and so one of the things that we wanted to also talk about is kids too, right? Mm -hmm. And so part of the skill we hope that we could teach our kids is that when life is messy and you mess up or, you know, you're in a transition and it doesn't go the way that you want it to, we want to teach them the skills of pausing and breathing and reaching out. But knowing that it is absolutely okay to mess up because that's where you learn. 
and I, as you're saying that, like I'm picturing the first time that my boys tried to ride a bike and there is such there, you go into teaching your child how to ride a bike, knowing that it's going to be difficult and they're going to fall and they're not going to do it right the first time they're, they're have, they have to learn their balance. And it occurs to me as I'm hearing you talk about teaching your kids skills, I'm not sure that we always go into teaching kids skills with that same lens of it, it's not going to go right the first time. And just the ability to remember that as we are teaching our children, our friends, our parents, I mean, there's skills I've had to teach my mom and dad because it's like, well, there's a different level of awareness now in my life. So I'm going to help you learn this skill. (laughs) But it, it just occurs to me that as a mom, I can own that sometimes I expect my kids to get it right away. And if I think about it, like riding a bike, I've already set the expectation that it's going to be a hot mess until they learn how to find their balance and get those training wheels off. And perhaps that's a skill that we all as parents can work on of think of it like riding a bike. It's going to take a little bit of time. I love, love, love that because I had not even thought about that. However, I am so guilty of like, you're just going to get it. Right. You're just going to get it. What do you mean you don't understand? (laughs) Right. And I think that the other thing is, is like managing that expectation for yourself, Mm -hmm. right? So maybe I have that moment of grace for somebody else, my children, my friends, my family, whatever. But I don't have that grace for myself in, you know, being able to manage a transition that is challenging. Like I should, I should know, I should be regulated. I should, you know, be saying the right thing. Mm -hmm. I should be a robot. Right. And really, what a beautiful frame if I think about it as you're just riding a bike mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily know how right. to ride the bike initially. Yeah. And then, you know, if we continue with that, there are times where you fall off your bike and there's bumps and there's scrapes and there's bruises and you have to figure out how to get back on. And so it, it's that piece of that's where the permission comes in. Like you have to have the permission to get bumps and scrapes and bruises in this thing called life and get back on and try again. And sometimes it's going to take us more time. It's going to take us more skills. It might take more processing and some things you might breeze right through because, okay, yeah, well, I made that mistake the first time, never do that again. And it, and it works perfectly. And sometimes it's a trying over and over and over again and sometimes we just get tired. Like, I know there's so many, so many days where I'm like, gosh, I just am exhausted. And you have to figure out ways to keep going. But it's also okay to say, I, I need a pause. And, and what does that look like for us in the middle of transitions, especially with our kids or with aging parents or with friends who might be going through something and we're, you know, holding this, this, this bag of stuff for people where do we fit into that bag and and how much space in that bag is left for us? Right. Boy, there's so many routes that I would love to go down on this bike path that we've created. (laughs) Um, And so I I think about the self-care and I think that's an important thing for us to talk about. However, I do want to acknowledge something important that you said, which was, you know, we all handle this differently because we all started out differently. Right, right procedural learning is really like riding a bike. Once you get it, you don't have to think about it typically. You just kind of go and do it. Or just like riding a car, that's procedural. And so sometimes what happens is based on our experiences is 
we develop procedural or tendencies that are automatic, we don't have to think about it, that might need to be adjusted Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's just not working for us anymore. And we have to be able to sit back and pause to be able to look at that too. Um, And so we think it's really important to acknowledge that, you know, we all don't come from the same place. And sometimes we need to study those patterns to be able to interrupt those patterns. Yeah. And we also all don't come from the same set of parenting ourselves. And so what we were raised with or what we knew might be, you know, it might be a, we might have been raised by parents who, you know, for, I'll give you an example. Both of my parents, my mother lost her father when she was six and my dad's father died when he was 15. And so there's been times in our lives where my mom has said like, hey, we're, we're figuring some of this grandparent stuff out for the first time because we also didn't have dads like you have had a father your whole life. And mm. so sometimes it's about also the understanding of how different upbringings can be and reflecting on that, that there might not, you know, we have that expectation like, well, they should get it right. They're my parents, you know? Right, and so, right, right. so sometimes it's also about not managing our expectations, but the expectations that kids come with that you're always going to get it right. Mm. <laughs> and being able to make sure on the flip side of that, that we're remembering that, you know, our our friends or our spouse or ex-husbands or whoever is in the mix, we all come from a different place with a different expectation in that lens. Right. And then managing those interactions. Mm-hmm. I don't know if managing is the right word, but I'll throw it out there. Managing those interactions and figuring out how is it landing? Right. Um, who am I in that interaction? I mean, Bethann and I have had lots of conversations about that. Like, who am I in these conversations, whether it's work or personal life? Mm-hmm. And trying to navigate, you know, staying the person that I want to be, right. managing my expectations for myself when things get hard, mm-hmm. like, you know, again, transitioning into whatever it might be in my life. And teaching my children, holding grace for other people, mm-hmm. and that's a lot to juggle. I was just going to say, <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it is. Well, you said something earlier about balance when yeah. you were talking about your kids, or I think it was the, the bike, and I'm thinking, that is a lot to juggle and balance. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and isn't it true that we all probably feel that way at some point because sometimes don't you just want to sit back and be like I'm done I don't want to do any more work I just want this to go on its own and and we have to figure out how to get through those moments too yeah I think one of my favorite phrases has been I'm piecing out I'm piecing out (laughs) um and you know and to and then to when I want to piece out which is my self-care because my system is too overwhelmed um, and by the way, my, and how I know I'm overwhelmed is I get this stabbing pain in my neck. <laughs> that's like, you can't not pay attention to it. That was a double negative by the way, right. but you have to pay attention to the stabbing pain in your neck, which is mine. And that's, and so when I ask it, and I know it sounds really strange maybe to say that, but when I ask it, like what's happening, what do you need? It really is to slow down or back off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, Bethann, like you said, I don't have an opportunity to back off because I might have to, you know, be with my kids doing homework. Right. And so I have to figure out how do I put that aside? How do I compartmentalize that for the moment? Yeah. And then be able to take care of myself and that stabbing pain in my right. neck. 
you know, in that day too. Now I remember I, I lived in Japan for a little while and the motto in Japan is work hard, play hard. And so you saw people working extremely hard, but they, they played really hard too. And I used to always think about life like I had to work really hard through the week so that I could play on the weekends. And I don't know about all of you listening, but Lisa and I have kids. Um, my kids are 10 and 11, and your kids are 9, nine and 10. 10. So when you, when you factor in all of life with young little people who are counting on you, there isn't always the ability to get that pause on the weekend. And so one of the things that I've started to do is make sure that I am finding time every day to play hard while I'm working hard. And maybe the play hard for me is an extra cup of coffee in the morning or getting up 15 minutes earlier before I know that my kids are going to need to be up. But finding a way to make self-care a daily routine versus doing it every week, but also... (laughs) Also giving myself permission to say, oh my gosh, it's been four days and I've done no self-care. Well, rather than throwing it out the window, let's start again and try to, you know, make today the first day and trying to look at it in a different way. Because I don't think we live in a world right now of like everybody sitting on the couch at seven o'clock watching Father Knows Best and, you know, that's just not, <laughs> that's just not the world we live in. <laughs> right, right, right. I think about the self-care, taking the time as also modeling it Mm -hmm. for other people. It doesn't have to be our children. I mean, for me, it's my children, right? I want to model that for my kids. Mm -hmm. But it's also modeling it. I'm the chief clinical officer at the agency. Bethann is the CEO of the agency. Mm -hmm. And so us modeling self-care for other people is really important, too. Mm -hmm. And so I try to make it very overt, right? So with my kids... I'm going to take a few minutes to do this, or I'm going to, for me, it's exercise. I just, that is my self-care. So I'm going to exercise. It's not because I want to lose weight. It's because this is how I feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. And when I start my day with that, I know I'm set and ready to go. And so I think it's also my kids, they might make assumptions about why I'm doing something. And so I think it's also important to be very clear. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm having some pain in my neck (laughs) because of that. Um, Not that they are a pain in your neck. (laughs) Not that they are a pain in my neck. They're lovely boys. And I am truly gifted with them. But that, but that I have to be very clear about, you know, this is important to take care of yourself. And I talk to them all the time. Taking care of yourself is eating right, sleeping well, exercising, playing. All those things are important. And that just happens to be my values. It doesn't have to be anyone else's. There might be religion in there. There might be, I don't know, other things. A sporting sporting events in there. A love of something, music or, you know, however it might look. And I think that's one of the things that we've really sort of captured in all of our time together as friends and as colleagues and working through Bernays Dare to Lead is who who are you as your best self and what do you value and Mm. making sure that we are sticking to our core values throughout that transition. And, you know, it doesn't mean that you're never going to step step sideways from some of those core values, but getting yourself back on track and saying like, you know, for me, it's the integrity and it's the courage that's really important is that sometimes we have to make courageous decisions because it's what's best. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but being able to live that courage and integrity 
will will be what gets me through because it's my core values that I can go back to and say I'm going to stay true to who I am but sometimes you have to figure that out and then it might change and who you were 10 years ago might not be who you are now and what you needed five days ago you might need something different now and so I think there's that flexible and nimbleness within that change can be hard and transition can be hard yeah I I love that that word is so important to me too integrity it's for me, it really means being who I'm meant to be. Mm-hmm. I know when I'm in that place and I know when I'm out of that place. And so I think it goes back to even what we said earlier is when I'm out of that place to give me myself mm-hmm. the grace to say, I'm not there. What do I need to get back in? Right. Because this is a challenging situation, transition, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do I get back into living into my values mm-hmm. um, is, is, is really important. And again, how I talk to myself right. about that is really important. And how you figure out how you, how you can carve out that space. So maybe for some of you listening, when, you know, I know a friend of mine, she, she bakes. And that is her way. Like she, it's like she makes a pie and she can figure out sort of those life transitions. Some other people, you know, you mentioned exercise. I, I do a lot with singing and acting, and that's my space there. And, and so finding that time to also weave into that discovery of your very best self and living in your values might be different. And being able to take the time and say, this is what I need. And I love what you talk about when you're saying to your kids, like, I'm going to take the time too. Because I think so often the expectation that we hold for ourselves is that we can't take time for ourselves. And if I take time away from X, Y, or Z, be it work, be it kids, be it friends, then you're being selfish or you're not, you're not thinking of others because the expectation is you're always available to others. And, and so how do you balance all of what our expectations are for ourselves and the expectations of those in our lives to be able to say, no, it's okay for me to take these 20 or 30 minutes to do X, Y, or Z. Right. I'm giving Beth Ann like tons of nods because it just feels like it fits really well Mm -hmm. that we have to give ourselves permission to sit back and take care of ourselves so that others can see that. And that's a boundary, which is another skill that's important in transitions. So our own internal boundaries and our external boundaries. So knowing when to say, I just need a moment and I, you know, let me call you back later Mm because I can't do it right now. Mm -hmm. Or knowing the internal boundary of something's just not right with me and I need to sit and settle for a moment. In thinking about another skill and transitions or changes in life, it is creating boundaries for ourselves, which is not really easy. No, it's hard. It's a really hard skill. It's hard, especially if they're different boundaries than what you have employed prior to. So if you've hit a situation and somebody's used to you being available 24-7 and you're trying to pull back because you know that it's not good for you to continue to live in the direction that you're living, it's hard to reset boundaries different than it's hard to establish them. Because if it's a brand new situation and you're, and you have a plan and this is how you're going to do it, great. But when you're trying to either move away from something or move closer to something, reestablishing boundaries can be super challenging. The, the other thing to keep in mind for the listeners out there is that sometimes we get sucked into the old patterns mm-hmm. 
because it's really uncomfortable for us to change <laughs> or it's uncomfortable, like you said, for the other people yeah. to notice the change. And so we get left feeling guilty or shameful And the difference between shame and guilt, let's be clear on that, is guilt is, I messed up, I feel bad. Shame is, I am bad. They're felt totally differently, and it's important, and, you know, Bethann and I, I I already know this. We're going (laughs) to that podcast at some point. Uh We'll be talking about it. But for today, we just want you to know that, again, everyone has a way of being, And sometimes it's really hard to get out of those patterns. We get sort of sucked back into the old way because it's hard. It is. And sometimes it's, do you not find those moments where you're trying something new and you're trying to set a new boundary and then it's like, forget it. I'm just going to go back to the way it was because it's easier and it's less stressful. And so I'll just continue to make myself available to X, Y, and Z because it's easier But the reality is, if you were to peel back the layers, you would want to walk down that hard road with with the integrity that you hold or the courage that you have to get to that new place. But there are moments where it's like I I picture it like a bungee cord. Like sometimes you just bounce back and forth as you're trying to figure it out, because sometimes easier is better in a moment or sometimes harder doesn't feel like the right path. And so those boundaries have a little bit of a malleable outside to them to figure out where you're going to land. Right. And I think that I think I know, and I'm going to encourage, I'm going to really encourage folks to think about how they can also teach kids boundaries. So Mm -hmm. whether you're a teacher, whether you're a coach, a parent, a, a friend, whatever it might be, is really teaching kids boundaries because this is a really good skill for them to learn in managing difficult or challenging situations that arise. Mm -hmm. We want to be able to go into something that we're transitioning into, like school. Like, how great would it be if all of our kids were like, I can't wait to transition back into school. This is so fantastic. It's now a month later, and maybe the excitement has sort of worn off. And so how do we teach them the boundaries of what's expected at school? Because that's what boundaries are. Here's what you can expect from me, and here's what I can expect from you. Then, again, exercising that flexibility skill. So when it doesn't go well, Mm -hmm. how do we start to manage? By identifying the feeling that we're hooked by or the situation we're hooked in, and maybe reaching out for support. And sometimes recognizing in that teaching model of what constitutes a huge deal and what constitutes it's spilled milk you know don't cry over spilled milk versus you know helping our kids understand that it's okay to make a mistake and every time that there's a mistake made it doesn't mean the world is ending tomorrow you know I have a phrase that I use with my kids if no one's bleeding or dying it's not a crisis you know and in our work at the agency we have a different understanding of what crisis looks like because of the the clients that we work with and the services we provide. So my kids have learned really well that if no one's bleeding and no one's dying, this is not a crisis. We'll figure it out. Mistakes are okay. But some other folks in, in their lives don't necessarily take that approach. So trying to help them also navigate, here's it's okay to make a mistake. And when you're in another environment where everything becomes a really big deal, how can you work in that environment too? And so maybe there's a teacher or a coach or someone who 
portrays a different set of boundaries and values to your child. And so part of it also is teaching those values and the boundaries so that they can navigate, like you say, those waters when it doesn't go well and it might not land for them how we want it to in our own homes. Right. So here's the deal, guys. Bethany and I can just talk forever. forever. <laughs> See, we just said that together. Forever. <laughs> forever, forever. And so what we'd like to do is just kind of reflect to you and hope that you could take one or two nuggets, because mm-hmm. it was a lot. There's a lot to hear in this conversation. So to take one or two nuggets out and maybe, and I, this is, I'm like notorious for saying, try an experiment. Mm-hmm. It's one big grand experiment because here's the thing about experiments is if you get it wrong, it is okay and you can adapt. For me, my hope is that you could take out of today that it is okay to be going through something. Life is messy. Life is messy. <laughs> Life is messy. Life is messy. And some skills that you can maybe identify that, you know, I need to get a little bit stronger. So whether that's flexibility, whether that's just feeling identification, holy cow, I've got to stop and pause and realize what I'm going through. And one that is so important to me and that I'm so grateful, my hands on my heart, because I just adore her and love her so much, (laughs) is to be able to reach out and find your tribe. Yeah, absolutely. And and part of that then comes into, you know, for me it's also about that when you find your tribe, holding each other accountable and making sure that in this experiment, try a little bit of self-care. And you know what? It might only be five minutes that you have time for, but giving yourself the permission to give it a shot. And if it fails, giving yourself the permission to try it again and, and really being able to figure out what you need and and in that experiment, I also think it's important to just continue to remind ourselves that what I need and what you need might be two different things, but my job is not to judge what you need, it's just to support. And so trying to pay attention to how we are there for one another and just allowing everybody's experience to be what it is as we know that we're going through some things in a similar way, but everybody walks a different path in that transition. Yes. We will be here with you next week. We are really excited to be a part of WCTR's radio station and our podcast, Bring on the Mess, because we know that life is messy. Again, I'm Beth Ann Langrill from For All Seasons and the proud mom of two little boys and the CEO at the agency. And I'm Lisa Lee. I am the chief clinical officer, and I am uh, the proud mother of two amazing boys, and we are really looking forward to talking with you next time. Take care.